Painter, what are your thoughts on bucket hats? I can't do it, but I like the uh, I like the, the the move. I like the wave. For those of you who can do it, props to you. Uh, I can't. I have never been able to to pull it off. I, my head looks really really weird with them. I think my hair would look really bad in them, but they became the most popular thing with Auburn basketball. Of course, with Walker Kessler with a bucket hat down in the Bahamas, uh, which he brought back uh, because he got one of them after the game on Saturday. Um, I I do have to I do have to ask though, how much do you think people are willing to pay for one of those hats? Because there's a lot of non-college aged people I saw on Twitter asking college kids who got the bucket hats at, uh, in, at the game on, on Saturday to sell them to them. And apparently I saw one tweet said that somebody turned down a hundred bucks for it. I don't know if a hundred dollars, man, especially if I'm in college, that must be a special bucket hat. I would also say I had one of those straw Auburn hats. Those were like oh, yeah. $40. I think if I remember correctly, I think I think part of the problem is is that the uh, the bucket hat would it goes well with the peacock motif. Mm. I think that Auburn's going with right now. So you, the straw hat. You see, so were, you, were you ever looking like Nick Saban or Gus oh, Malzahn out on dreams. the practice field? Only in my dreams, baby. But sure, that was what I was going for. I guess was a winner. I I I lost that hat on a friend's boat, which is unfortunate. It was a great time. Thank you to Thomas Ellison, but. I do. I do okay, hate that me, I lost. Tell that me hat. how you. Tell, tell me how you lost the hat. It was actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, we just were riding. We were down, uh, like on the beach down in like I guess it was I guess it's Orange Beach. I can't remember now, but anyway, I just it just popped off my head, and that was that. And it's it's gone forever. Actually, I feel like I probably wasn't wearing it. I feel like I'm messing the story up because if. I'd have probably asked him to go back if it went off my head. So I probably had it like in the back, like and forgot it wasn't like secure, you know. But would this, you take would you take an Auburn straw hat now if you if you had if you yeah, had access to one? I would definitely yeah, I would definitely wear one. What do you what do you think the people of Parts Unknown would, would think about the about the straw hat? The Auburn <laughs> uh, straw hat. You know, there feels like a, a fair amount of straw hat wearers around here. Um, really? I I wouldn't be I don't think that it would be like too weird in the summertime. Maybe, maybe only at the pool. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. That's not a hat that I was like routinely wearing to grocery stores necessarily. But like, I guess I would like run into a gas this, station with it on. This is this is my grocery store hat. <laughs> oh, I love the concept of having a grocery store hat. It's like, Short sleeve like, button right, down. Time, time the SSBD, the straw hat. A couple of buttons, uh, just a little bit too loosened up down. You know. Yeah, there you go. Showing some chest. So, I, I guess that's the that's that's our appeal. Subscribe to the Auburn Observer so Painter has money to buy a grocery store hat. Podcast, the weekend edition. Justin Ferguson, right here in Auburn, Alabama. Painter Sharpless over in parts unknown. Hello, Painter. Hello. People are becoming restless with Ken Palm. Uh, do we have a live update? Because Kentucky just flattened uh, Kansas as we're recording this. Oh, I, last I checked, I think that we were seventh and they were eighth. 
I don't know why the last couple of weeks I've really leaned into the Wii. It's like the success has gone to my head. So the Kentucky the Kentucky game has not gone got as we record this, the Kentucky game has not been loaded into Ken Palm, but now Auburn is up to sixth. Right. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Kentucky just took it to Kansas uh, at um, at Allen Fieldhouse, which, of course, a big venue. Uh, Kansas, they were saying, uh, Jay Billis said on the right before we started recording, I, I was listening to the game, and Jay Billis said, had a stat that since Bill Self's been there, Kansas has won more Big Ten titles than they have uh, home losses at Allen uh, under, under Self. That's a crazy stat, but it's like, I mean, how many of the how many of those games did they did they win where Kentucky was there? You know, I mean, it's cool that you have like one of the craziest records I've ever heard of at home, but have you considered the fact that you didn't beat Kentucky there? Mm. You haven't accomplished anything. Mm-hmm. You should be grateful. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care if that is literally the place where basketball was invented. That's right. Show show some respect. Show some respect. So we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye. Ken Palm, watch. We will keep an eye on that uh, as, as we record this podcast. But uh, speaking of other SEC teams, I know we'll probably get to them later. But Alabama, I think they got five Ken Palm top fourteen Ken Palm wins. <laughs> yeah, they they have. So Alabama's resume right now is one of the most bizarre things. Uh, they they beat Baylor. They have now beat the number one, number two, number five team in the country, as well as Tennessee, which was at fourteen. They have also lost to number 72, Iona, number 61, Memphis, number 54, Davidson, number 136, Missouri, number 44, Mississippi State, and number 209, Georgia. Uh, we'll talk about the Bama game later, but, like, my thing on Alabama continues to be to be true. I, they can beat any team in the country, and they've proven it. Um, but, man, this is a bizarre basketball team. <laughs> such a Such a bizarre basketball team. But – uh, Alabama getting a win in uh, in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, as well as the Auburn Tigers, and we're here to talk about that. Auburn, 86, Oklahoma, 68. Big home win for Auburn against a team that was top 30 uh, in pretty much every ratings system coming in. Uh, don't let the record fool you. This is a really good team that was coming off a really good road win at West Virginia. Plays great defense. Painter, I think this is the game where it's the most definitive about this team and how great they are that, you know, I've said it at sometimes this season where people are like, you know, Oh, Auburn didn't play that well. And it's like, well, they scored that many points or, you know, that, and, and I thought a little bit of that was from fans are kind of overblown, but no, Auburn scored 86 in this game against, against Oklahoma uh, more than anybody has scored on Oklahoma all season. Only the second team to ever get past 80 against, uh, against Oklahoma this season. They shot 26% from deep their top point guard did not play well uh, in particular. They only had 12 assists in, uh, to 10 turnovers, and they scored 86. I mean, this team, this was the game where I think it really, really clicked, where it was like, oh, they just beat a team that's trying to fight for their NCAA tournament lives in one of the toughest conferences, probably the toughest conference in the country, and they beat they, they hung 86 on them, first team to do that all season, and – they didn't particularly play awesome. They played well, you know, and there were some stretches where they were outstanding. But from beginning to end, like, it was just like, yeah, they just kind of took care of business. They kind of just played their game, and it wasn't too spectacular. And then you look, it's like, no, 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 no. They scored 86 on a team that rarely gives up more than 70 in a lot of games. Unreal to think about. Not to start with the negative, but that was done with probably one of your more consistent 
top three, four scores, Wendell Green Jr. not having a good game. Right. Wild performance. But what we knew what we knew going in held true. Auburn had an advantage in the front court. Um, Oklahoma started both of the Groves brothers on 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 Saturday. Um, one of them has not played a has not started a ton this season, uh, but because of Auburn's size, they started him. They they went with a big lineup. Um, a guy who usually kind of plays that stretch four for him, Jalen Hill, uh, was out there as well. But the Groves brothers, uh, they were kind of you know outside shooting uh, type of big men. They both transferred from Eastern Washington. Uh, where they won the Big Sky last season, um, and was were big pickups for Oklahoma. I wrote about this in the observations uh, on Saturday evening, but if you count the Groves brothers and Hill, just throw Hill in there, give you three guys um, that uh, Oklahoma had in their front court. Uh, they combined for 22 points and nine rebounds against Auburn. Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler are former five stars, two of the best players to ever come through Auburn. And they combined for 44 points and 23 boards themselves, just two. So Auburn's two doubled up Oklahoma's starting three in the front court. And, and even more than doubled them up on, on the boards. This was a game where and Bruce Pearl, I think Bruce Pearl summarized it best. He said, we had an advantage in the front line and we took advantage of our, our advantage. They were dominant. Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler played like Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler are capable of against a team that just didn't have an answer for them because as good as they play defense and as, and as, uh, as talented, I think, as they are in the backcourt, especially on the defensive end, and they gave Auburn some real trouble there, um, the 6'10 guy who can shoot from anywhere on the floor and the 7'1 guy who is unstoppable around the rim, it's, there's, just not, there's just not a lot anybody can do about it. Flavortown getting some shots in on Tom Brady. I love that for our guy guy. We'll talk. Do we need to talk about Brady or, or the the concept of of getting scooped and getting mad about getting scooped or that's all that is wonderful. Are I, we going to talk about football at some point in this podcast? Maybe. I've prolonged it now. We might as well just dive in. Let's just dive in because I think I mean Auburn football. It's, it's a big. It was a big recruiting weekend for like juniors next week's national signing day Auburn may get one or two guys and we'll, we'll have time to talk about that later on but it's not really eventful right now for Auburn football and Auburn basketball is the number one team in the country and and they need you know they need to get all of the uh, all of the spotlight here uh, for sure and so what do you want to say about Brady oh, I just wondered if you had much of a take about the old uh, situation with him saying well probably maybe but on my own terms yeah, I, I, I think it would be hilarious because of how I view Adam Schefter. I think it, it would have been hilarious if, like, Brady, like, played a year out of spite. Just been like, no, I'm not retiring. I'm going to wait. I'm going to make you all wait. But it seems like pretty much everybody's rolling with it that he is retiring. It's just probably got mad that he didn't get the super stylized mm. retirement. Who do you think in his camp leaked that? That's a great question because, you know, there were a couple of people who were on it, and it's like, they're rarely wrong about personnel moves, right? They may be wrong about some other things. Um, I'm just glad he's gone. I mean, he's 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 obviously the most successful football player to ever live. There may never be a quarterback that matches his his the amount of accomplishments he's had, but I also think it's really really funny that the NFC South now could be like the starting quarterbacks right now in the <laughs> NFC South could be it's terrible. Matt Ryan, uh, Sam Darnold, 
Kyle Trask and whatever New Orleans does. Taysom Hill, maybe, I guess. It's <laughs> <Just> absolutely ugly. <laughs> but, yeah, I just love the shots in on, on, on Brady. And, uh, you know, Tom Brady will have more time to watch Auburn basketball now that he's retired. Back to Jabari and Kessler. This is this is a game where Jabari Smith, 23-12. and 12. It's his second 2010 game of the season. The only other one he ever did against, uh, only other team he had done it against to this point was ULM. And then 21-9 and nine for Kessler, just missing the double-double, but he had four blocks as well, continuing his run there. He is still the number one block uh, guy in the country in terms of percentage. When your front court can double up the production of another team's front court, it's going to take a lot for your. It's going to take a lot for that back for your, for the other team's backcourt to overcome that and get and get a win. And in this case, Auburn just never really let up on them. The two best players on the floor played the two best players on the floor. You know, it wasn't really anything fancy either. I thought, I thought Auburn had to get creative at times to kind of draw some stuff up uh, and get these guys loose because of just how good Oklahoma is with their off-ball defense with extending. Um, I think the pre- I think the pressure and the size and the length, you know, really bothered Wendell Green in this game, but other guys were able to get it done and, and step up around him. Kessler Kessler hit a couple threes too. I mean, I, I, I've said it, I've I've kept saying it. I was like, you got to let the dude keep shooting because if he Sonny Smith even said it during the game, um, and we'll talk about we'll talk about Sonny Smith and, and the and the honor uh, that he got before the game, but. He said it on the radio call. He said, like, if he starts hitting threes, it's like he's going to be a problem for pretty much anybody he plays. And you saw it in this game. He got the ball out on the wing, the first one, and Oklahoma just bailed out and was like, you know what, he's not shooting that. And Kessler faked the pass and kind of hesitated a little bit, and he's like, wait, they're going to leave me this open? Pulls back, and he hits a beautiful three, just pure from the outside. He hits another one later in the game. Um, first time in his career, he's hit multiple three pointers in a game. It just keeps the defense honest. It stretches it out even further. It creates more opportunities down low. Um, it, it makes, it makes him an even more challenging, uh, player to defend. And, uh, you know, I I don't know how you feel about Kessler's three point shooting painter, but my, my take has always been just let him, let him keep, keep fired. Like, he was never going to take too many where it's like, okay, that's way too much. I mean, he went two for four in this game. So it was like, hey, let him keep trying it if it's wide open. And eventually the defense is going to have to respect that threat. Taking three to four threes a night, especially when he goes two of four, is fantastic. Nine of 11 from the field, one rebound away did, from getting that double-double. I mean, he's did a not miss, Did not miss a shot inside the line. Right. He's an efficient Nine for monster. nine. And he even had a couple of he even had a couple of mid range jumpers in this game. Like he he shot the ball well. It wasn't just living above the rim, which he did a decent bit of. But yeah, I mean he's he's at, he's at a rate right now. Since SEC play started, he is shooting over eighty percent on two point field goal attempts. Eighty percent. Um. Around the rim, he's he's basically automatic and. I I don't see I don't see how defenses can really do much to it. Like you have to have an elite rim protector and he's got to be athletic enough to get you on the like move well because Auburn will pick and roll and Auburn will get you to switch and they'll get you into stuff. Like like take take Oscar Sheboy, for example. Last week against Kentucky, Auburn 
you know, Kessler had his best game, his most efficient game around the rim because Kentucky was trying to slow it down and, and they have more athleticism and size and length than pretty much any team Auburn's going to face all season and they couldn't do anything with it. Now, Missouri did a little bit of a better job. To, I would say a lot better job of slowing that down. But back in this game, even if you pack the paint and you try so, so hard to stop that pick and roll action, he's good enough and athletic enough to beat you in different ways. And if that doesn't work, then you have a guy like Jabari Smith where there were a few of his shots today that I, I don't know how anyone defends it. That, uh, there were a couple of NBA draft, uh, you know, analyst writers that were that were tweeting about Jabari during the game I saw on Saturday. One of them said, like, he's hitting shots that nobody, there's no level of play anyone's guarding that, right? If you're 6'10", and you're shooting over, you know, dudes with hands, he had, he had one shot. I'm, I'm not kidding. It's one of the least efficient looks I've ever seen a college basketball player take, where he got the ball on the wing, and he jabs a triple tra- threat, he jabs, stepped, I am tripping over my words here. And he, I mean, I think he had his foot on the line. Like, if he was inside the three-point line, he was just barely in it. You know, numbers tell you, if you're going to take a shot from that far out, you might as well make it a three. And if you're going to shoot a two, you might as well get as close to the rim as you can. He is in, like, this, like, dead zone right inside the line, pulls up and drills it. And he has one in the second half to kind of calm down a, a little run that Oklahoma had where it was like, I, I don't know what the defender's supposed to do in that situation. You know, there, it is unguardable and that doesn't mean he's perfect. And he, I mean, he missed several shots in this game. He was, he was, you know, uh, he was four of, yeah, he's four of nine on, uh, on two point attempts. Like he's not going to hit it every single time, but man, when he gets in that groove and he starts going, it's just like, y'all better hold on tight because, <laughs> you're going to have to prevent him from getting the ball in his hands because when he gets it in his hands, it doesn't matter what kind of defense you have on him. It doesn't matter what kind of uh, length you have covering him. He's going to still rise up and hit it over. When he hit the when he hit the mid-range jumper last week against Kentucky over a double team in the second half, it's like, oh, what, what are you supposed to do at that point? And I think Oklahoma learned it over and over again on Saturday because he had 23. 31 minutes for Kessler and Smith. Yeah. A great game where they did – I mean, this was a game – it's one of the rare games this season where it was like Auburn didn't really get much from their bench. Devin Cambridge, good Lord. I mean, this is a guy that <laughs> was like, I- I'm going to become a better rebounder this year. And he just is-, is sold out to it. You know, he is – he is his offensive rebounding, his putback ability, the ability to just keep plays alive and bring energy is immense. But he was kind of it. There was a stretch late where where Dylan Carwell played well, but he had a rough first half and some rough rough times in the second half as well. Uh, didn't get a ton from Jalen Williams. Don't think he played poorly, but you know didn't get a ton from Jalen Williams. Wendell had an off game. But when we say it, Painter, you know, how many times have we said about this Auburn basketball team where it's like, well, if 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 one or two guys are down, some you know one or two guys can pick them up and they can still win. And in this case, it was like. What if all? What if four of their five starters were on it? Well, then you don't have to worry about the bench. You know, it, it, it's helpful. It's going to help you. You know, they're going to serve an important purpose by making sure you don't get as tired. Um, you know, and and don't put as much tread on the tires. But I mean, if 
if four of your five starters are locked in as locked in on offense as Katie Johnson, Zepp Jasper, Jabari Smith, and Walker Kessel were on Saturday, and Alan Flanagan led the team in plus minus. Yeah, I thought he played well on defense. He had a couple of bad, you know, possessions there. He had a, you know, had some real rough offensive possessions that kind of stick out in the mind, but very glue guy kind of game for him, especially with Jasper having to play more of that kind of playmaker and offensive creator type of role. But you know, Flanagan had four assists, three boards. He led the team in assists uh, because I think of the the pressure they were putting on Auburn's points. Um, yeah, I mean, when, when you have that, it's like, oh, Auburn's bench didn't really have it today. Well, your best players did, and that's how you get to cruise to a win over a really good Oklahoma team without – I'm not saying they didn't break a sweat, but it's like they were never in danger of this game. They they won – they led wire to wire in this game. After the first bucket, the game was never tied at any other point. The The longest run Oklahoma had all game was a, were 5-0 runs. Auburn had several – Auburn was up 20 down the stretch. The only other teams they've done that to this season are Moorhead State, North Alabama, and Yale. This is an Oklahoma team that's fighting to get into the NCAA tournament. This is an Oklahoma team that's coming from the best conference right now, pound for pound in college basketball. And you made them look like a middling, mid-major, or even worse, a small school team. Like a North Alabama where, you know, they're just in year three or four or whatever it is of, of playing D1 ball, and they're they're just trying to build and survive. Oklahoma comes in. As battle-tested as they come, as athletic as they come on the defensive end, as tough and well-drilled on defense as they come um, for, for you know, big-time college basketball this season. And it wasn't always easy, but on the scoreboard, just tracking where the, game, the, the flow of the game went, you kind of made them look like a mid-major you were just kind of annoyed with and had to, you know, kind of – Flick them off with the with the uh, with flick them off your shoulder with the uh, with the second half run to put them away. I mean, it's that it was it was one of those games again. And it's weird because Auburn made Oklahoma look like look like one of their weaker non conference opponents this season. Not you know the 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 um, the St. Louis's and the the UCFs or you know what they got out of uh, what they got out and uh, out of the teams down in the Bahamas. But ratings wise, that that it should have been much tougher than it was for Auburn. I mean, they covered easily, doubled up nearly the point spread in this one. How about uh, Auburn players being effective at getting into opposing coaches' heads? I, okay, so I'm glad you brought that up. Katie Johnson, just 3-9 from the field, 2-5 from deep, but the two three-pointers he had were were pretty gnarly. One of them, he, he does, that, does that thing again where between the leg, between the leg, between the leg, between the leg, step back, bang. I mean, he's got that. He's got that shot down, and when he's you know kind of rocking the rocking the defender asleep there, they're already done. It's just going to be a matter of when he pulls the trigger. He hits another tough three right in front of the Oklahoma bench, and he turns. He hits it, and he turns, and he looks at the bench. And I can't tell from my angle or you know looking at the camera if he said anything. I'm sure he yelled or did something. But Porter Moser was not happy about it. He immediately appealed to the referee about it. Oklahoma gets the ball. Uh, something happens. It comes out, back down the floor. It's a, it's a TV timeout. And Moser talks to every, like, yelling at every single one of the referees out there about what Katie Johnson did. 
And I think Auburn was, you know, over on the sideline. I think they were trying to get him to calm down a little bit. It's like, hey, man, like, don't don't get yourself teed up, which is, you know, what happened to Cardwell in the second half. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if he hits a shot against you in the first half and he's right there by you on the bench, he's going to let you hear it. He's going to let you hear it. And for some reason, there's just some schools and some and some teams and some coaches that just won't let that go. Won't let that go. I mean, we – KD did that to uh, KD did that to uh, a Calipari on defense in the second half of, of of the game last week. Just a madman. I couldn't it's tell if Calipari mad was mad at KD because you know he had the audacity to like speak to him or look <laughs> at him or if, like that his own player didn't notice that KD Johnson wasn't really looking or paying attention to the man he was guarding. Yeah, uh, he was he was guarding he was man to man guarding a guy on the ball using his peripheral vision, which is kind more of evidence that he is a poster because instead of paying attention to his actual job, he's yes. busy talking and having fun over here. You know, as one does, as one does, it's an eight hour work day. You got to feel it doing something. I I, I mean I I've never had an eight hour work day in my life, so I don't know. My work days sometimes range from like. 14 hours to like three. I don't know if I've ever worked just eight hours in a day. I don't think that's, I don't think that's even possible. Shout out to all of you who do it. How like long does better. it take to write your mailbag? That's usually a most of the day process. If I like, when I start like actually writing it, like when I get all the questions together and like crack down and start writing it, you know, three, four hours maybe, you know, but it's a, it's a lot of, it's a, you know, it's a real, like that's if I'm completely getting to focus and kind of crack down on things. That's how it goes. But you know, I still, I still have time to post, right? That's, that's what we're all about here, here at the, uh, here at the Auburn Observer. We love posting. Um, yeah, this game, this game was crazy that Auburn just really didn't make Oklahoma look like they were challenging much. They, the game cut to three at one point. And then Jabari Smith immediately fires back with a with a shot, um, or might have gotten to three, and that's when oh yeah, it got to three, and that's when Cambridge got on his run where he, he couldn't stay off the boards, and and you know Oklahoma had no answer for him on those putbacks. Um, it's it's crazy it's crazy to think that you have a basketball team score eighty six points against the top you know top. 30 team in college basketball, um, a really good defense, a really good defensive minded coach. And yet you leave that game kind of feeling like, yeah, I mean, they played, they played pretty good, right? <laughs> they scored 86 points. Like, yeah, pretty good game. You know, uh, um, if you look at the, the efficiency from this game offensively, um, you know, They've had much better games. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, they had, they had eight or nine games that were better in terms of um, offensive efficiency. Uh, they actually shot better. They shot better effective field goal percentage-wise. They shot better uh, in the loss to UConn in some of their other games this season. Like, they they didn't, they didn't necessarily wow you with just like, oh, you know, this team's unstoppable. It's more of just like this casual kind of cruising to a win. Um it kind of reminds me of like when, when really good football teams just kind of put some, like you know, keep somebody at arm's reach 
and then put them away late. Um, I think this Auburn basketball team's got some of that to them. Uh, and, and they're starting to show that a little bit more often, especially after a game like they had on Tuesday night against Missouri where they couldn't throw it in the ocean, but they won it with defense. Um, this one, again, like they hit six threes and scored 86 points. You know, there used to be days for really good Auburn basketball teams where they would hit, they would score 86 points, but it's because they hit like 15 or 16 threes. So that ability to have two of the best players in the country in your front court at the same time has completely changed the way Auburn plays basketball and has made a more balanced and, and a more better team all, all the way around. Yeah, I guess I would just say, like, at any point that you are scoring almost 90 points in a game, you're riding, what is it, a 17-game win streak? And I can't quite quantify it, but, like, it does feel like they haven't played great. Like, maybe you could say at times they're playing uh, a word our friend Austin likes to use is goofy. (laughs) <laughs> and like at the same time, it's like, well, I don't know how to quantify that because they scored 86 points and they're not losing. Yeah, there were some possessions where like, like I think about the one at the end of the first half, the final one, where it's like, all right, y'all are trying to do a little too much here, just 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 a tad, or yeah, that pass wasn't really great, or ooh, that was a that was a tough mistake to make right there, or that's a blown that's a blown assignment on defense. It made something really easy, or. Okay, now it's uh, Jalen Williams had to keep getting all these transition fouls uh, because of mistakes on offense, and still you win by 18. And there was only like only a couple of minutes of the game where you felt like Oklahoma was really, really threatening. Like may really make it a game. Yeah, they could cut it down where they were just a few buckets away, but then Auburn was always able to sort of move it back up around double digits. And it just felt like one of those games where anytime Oklahoma got it close, it didn't really feel that threatening. No, no, it never, it never felt really that threatened. And like, they didn't have that kind of moment where, I mean, they had a couple surges in the second half where it's like, all right, game game's over. And so they were similar to that, I guess it was similar to that in those kind of ways, but you know, they never trailed. And they didn't have a slow start. That was the other thing. You know, this is the first game in a little while for Auburn where they got off to a really good start uh, on offense. Um, you got to go back to shoot. Uh, you got to go back to pretty much the Bama game. Maybe was the last time they started this well to to a game. LSU, well, LSU definitely. Um, but it had been it had been a while since they had had a, they, since they had had a start like that, and they just kind of took it and, and held on to it. Part of that was the defense in the first half. Haven't mentioned that yet, but in the first half, Oklahoma hit seven shots, only hit three threes. Auburn allowed .87 points per possession, which is phenomenal. They forced seven turnovers. Oklahoma only had four assists, zero second chance points for Oklahoma, and then they went nine minutes and twenty one seconds without hitting a shot. Only one player for Oklahoma had more than two, uh, more than one field goal in the second half. Three blocks, five steals. It just put them in a chokehold. And that was around the time where Auburn had its own stretch of offense where it's like, okay, things aren't really working. You could tell the pressure and, the, and, and some of the stuff Oklahoma was doing in their backcourt was bothering them. And there was a lot of dribbling. Like, the way they guarded off ball made it tougher for Auburn to get assists and some of those catches. So guys had to create an isolation guys had to create off the bounce a whole lot more and they were fine with it 
They were fine with with, with playing that way. And part of it is because on the other end, like if they weren't getting trips to the free throw line, and some of them for for Oklahoma in the first half were pretty cheap ones. They weren't in this game at all. They 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 could have gotten they could have gotten their doors blown off of them in the first half if it wasn't for those free throw trips. And once again, that's what Auburn Auburn did. And then on the flip side, you know we we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Painter. One of the big things Auburn hadn't done a great job of this season was getting to the free throw line and then converting when they got to the free throw line. Uh, in this game, they shot more free throws than Oklahoma did uh, by one, uh, but went 22 of 26 from the line. That's a game that you'll take free throw rate-wise. Uh, Jabari Smith went 9 of 10 uh, from the stripe in, in, in this game. I mean, they've gotten – there's been some problem areas and there's been some areas of emphasis and focus, and – Auburn has quickly throughout the season, when they identify that problem area, they can hone in on it and turn it around pretty quickly. Um, and in a game like this, it just shows you what they've got, what they've got on the offensive end that's so effective is that they are front court heavy. They've got a, they've got their two best players up front, but um, their back court can also get downhill and make things happen. Um, so, you know. You might miss some of the fact that, like, when Auburn was just otherworldly at shooting threes and did it a ton. Like, right now, uh, right now they are shooting exactly 33, 33.3% from deep this season, middle of the road in the country. Um, their three-point attempts are 121st, so on the higher end, but not one of these teams that rely on it a ton. They become a much more balanced, much more even team, and and the proof is in the fact that they've won 17 straight games. They're the only one-loss team left in college basketball. They have the longest winning streak in college basketball this season. They're the number one team in the country, um, and they beat a really good team without necessarily looking like an all-world version of themselves, um, because they're 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 so. They're so easily able to adjust and adapt to what the other team is doing and what the other team is doing to them that this is a complete basketball team. This is a complete basketball team where I don't know if they've played a complete game yet. So anybody who's talking about them peaking in, in January, well, January's over now, but are peaking too early, I don't know if they've, if they've played their best basketball game yet. I don't think they have. I don't think they have. And yet, as I say this, they have they've scored 80 – in the month of January, they scored 80 in all but one of their eight games, and it was the Missouri game, which was such an anomaly. I mean, I don't know how you compete with that. Yeah, I agree with you in the peaking category. I would add that uh, sometimes when you look at teams who peak, it matters who they're playing. And sometimes I think lost in the shuffle is that, like, a team can go on a run playing some not-so-great teams. Uh, Auburn is not playing bad teams. They've only played one bad team in Georgia. But, I mean, they've Oklahoma's a really good team. Kentucky's obviously a great team. Bama, Florida, LSU, Murray State, St. Louis. Like, there's some, there's some awesome teams that they've been able to beat in this 17-game in this winning streak where it, this is not artificial. You, know, you can't – if you want to poke holes in Auburn's case as the best team in the country – you're going to have to come up with something really, really good because they've got a top 25 strength of schedule. They're balanced. 
you know, they're they're they've got a two game lead in one of the toughest conferences in the country. They're they're playing at a, at a really really high level right now. They got Bama coming up. We'll talk about that in a moment. They got Bama coming up, but it's it's not look it's it's not looking like this team is going to fall off of the one seed line for a while. This is not looking like a team that's going to fall, you know, out of the top five or the top ten. Like they might lose. Like they're still projected to lose two two more games the rest of the season, which is still a crazy thing to say out loud. Um, but that would still twenty eight and three, sixteen and two. That is you know potential number one overall seed kind of numbers uh, for Auburn. So you know, I, I go back to what I said earlier. It's 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 one of those things about this team that really, really stood out. And I think today was the best example where the flow of the game, you don't think, yeah, they could have played better. They could have played better in a number of areas and it would like, and you wouldn't feel like you were nitpicking too much. And they scored 86 and, 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 you know, against a really good defense one of the better defensive teams in the country. Just not, they're doing just not normal stuff right now. And that, that, uh, I think Auburn fans are, are really, really uh, understanding what this team can do moving forward um, if, if you're not there now. The league is looking good right now, too. I mean, it, I'm not so much worried about the Big 12 challenge as much as I am just like Kentucky. They're going to stay on your heels all season, I think. This podcast has made a point that it believed Alabama to be a good team even through some of those weird losses. I think LSU and they're going to be gets- really good on Tuesday night. That's right. a really good team playing you on Tuesday night. Uh, LSU, I believe, gets Pinson back soon. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a fun few weeks we got ahead of us. It's, but, yeah, I mean, man. If you're, if you're looking at the ACC, the, the SEC Big 12 Challenge, and there there are currently two games going on right now as we record. Like one, Tennessee-Texas is going on right now as we record this, so it's the last one. But uh, let's see. Auburn beat uh, Oklahoma. Bama beat Baylor. That's a big one. Uh, Kentucky beat Kansas. Uh, then you have three. You have three straight wins here for the for the Big Twelve. In Texas Tech hammered Mississippi State. TCU got a really good win against LSU. Iowa State uh, handled Missouri rather easily. Arkansas won. Ole Miss won. Florida won. So yeah, six and three. I mean, they have a chance to go seven and three today, depending on what happens in this Texas Tennessee game. So. Challenge one, they just showed that the Big 12 this season on paper is the best conference in college basketball. Uh, just top to bottom, they have so much depth and so so many competitive, really competitive teams. And on the top end, they've got uh, championship contenders. And yet, the SEC is going to hold its own in this in this matchup. Um, and so, it says a lot that Auburn is a team right now that is two games ahead of the field in that in that same conference uh, that that just had a pretty big Saturday. I could really use a hush puppy right now, Ferg. Where did that come from? I just saw some delicious-looking hush puppies on the old timeline. I uh, I haven't had hush puppies in a long well, time. Well, I was just thinking, I mean, surely you can get some... De- I mean, is that something that Panty George's offers? No, they do cornbread. Mmm, silly me. Yeah, just the just the standard. Just the standard. Oh, Somebody, somebody tweeted us. Who's got the best hush puppies in Auburn? I, I don't know the answer. I actually don't have an answer for that, which is no. probably a failure so some, on this so, townie's part. So someone, so someone answer answer that. And if you know of a, 
you know of a good recipe or something for hush puppies, give it to Painter. You know, and give them give them something to do in uh, this this upcoming week. I went to a place and, recently. It was a steakhouse, but they have this incredible salad bar. Salad bar okay. was way better than the steak. I will be going back, but I will only be getting the salad bar. I don't like salad. Have I told you that? You know that. About yeah, it, right? no, that's understandable. I'm just saying this was elite level salad no, yeah, bar yeah. stuff we had going on. And uh, I wish I liked salad because that seems like I'm always envious of people like when they're like, you know, I want to eat something somewhat healthy for lunch, you know, not uh, something too heavy. And then people are just like, oh, I'll just eat a salad. And it's like, man, I wish I had that ability. <laughs> wish I could just be like, you know what? I'm going to be smart right now. I can't do that. Lettuce just doesn't do it for me. I've it's, been a big um, air fried boneless yes. wings and a pizza guy because the grocery store that I'm, I'm at has some great deals on the old frozen pizza aisle when you wear your when you wear your grocery store hat yes well today i was bundled up i looked like the michelin man it wasn't even that cold um i was wearing my bills hat though so i was hopeful someone would notice be like you're a good fan and i would be like yes i am yeah yeah, I was wearing the Bills hat this week as well. No one did okay. that. It was sort of like one of those you tell someone off in the bar scenes and you know, then everyone claps. I wanted my I wanted my approval. <laughs> we were robbed by Patrick Mahomes. And the overtime rules of the National Football League. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, don't let them go that far down the field in thirteen seconds. Our basketball team is really good though. And Bruce Pearl deserves you know, as much as one can deserve fifty million dollars, I'd like to give it to him. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about this before we before we take a pause. Um, those of you who are uh, our free listeners here on the weekend, we appreciate you guys and we love you. Um, you might be wondering why aren't they talking more about Bruce's extension? That's uh, because that was a bonus podcast we did on Friday night. Uh, we put one up. It was about uh, it was about forty minutes long, there, give or take, uh, where we just talked about. Auburn's uh, extension right after the news broke. Talked to Little Auburn Women's in their big win over Tennessee. Talked to Little Auburn Gymnastics as well. So that's what we're saying. We're trying to do a little bit. More, might be trying to do some more bonus podcasts moving forward, just to give you guys more of a reason to subscribe to the Observer. Six dollars a month, sixty dollars a year. AuburnObserver.com. You know where to go because um, you get a bonus podcast once a week. You get twice as many podcasts, and then sometimes you get even more than that uh, when stuff like uh, the Bruce Pearl deal breaks. But we do know. And this is something that came out after Friday night. Um, on Saturday, Auburn, uh, in a rare move for Auburn, um, posting the contract, some of the contract information for Bruce Pearl, um, and this new extension that that he got on uh, on Friday night. Um, eight years, uh, five point four million dollars annually. It goes up by. $250,000 each year, an escalator, which, so by the end of his deal, he'd be making $7.4 million uh, in his final year uh, of that deal. It'll make him the fourth highest paid coach in college basketball, like we talked about. Uh, probably be where he fits uh, behind John Calipari, uh, Mike Krzyzewski, who is retiring uh, and will be replaced uh, this offseason by their coach in waiting, and uh, Jay Wright, who won two national titles in three years at Villanova. So that's the level you're at, Auburn, in terms of paying your coach. Uh, and now, for the foreseeable future, Auburn is going to be paying their basketball coach more money than their football coach. And that is 100% justified and not – I don't It's not even – I don't even think it's that much of a knock on, on 
on the coach you brought in for football. I think it's just that's how good Auburn basketball is at the moment. So You are signaling that something is important to you and rewarding success, which we love. We love the success. So let's talk about our beautiful listeners right now. Our free ones, our inner circle members, those of you alike. There's one thing you can do to help us out each week. Well, you can do it. Well, you, you don't can have to do, do it any day. Week. You can do this any day. You can do this any day. You can make fake accounts as well. <laughs> yeah, we're absolutely. Not gonna, we're not gonna. But you know, we tell you about it every every week, every podcast. So, painter, let them know. Rate, review, subscribe, and create extra accounts to do so on. You could do it at the drive-through. Say at Chick Fil A. Um, a place that I haven't gone in a while, but would like to revisit here soon. They have Chick-fil-A's up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All you got to do is go to the Apple Podcast app. Bottom right corner, tap the little search button. Type in the Auburn Observer. Click the Auburn Observer. Scroll down to ratings and reviews. Click write a review. Give us five stars and say something nice about Painter, and we will read it on the podcast. Uh, This is a new one we have, Painter. Uh, from Nicholas Buzz. You ready? I'm ready. Nicholas says, despite graduating from Auburn and ending up in parts unknown, I feel closer than ever to my team thanks to the Observer. This is my favorite Kentucky basketball podcast. That's what we're here for, well folks. Well said. Well said. And if you don't 100% get that joke, you need to be a member of the Inner Circle because uh, our podcast last week got off the rails pretty quickly. These Jared uh, commercials have been hitting recently. The Jared commercials? Yes. The sto- What's going on? No, there's one where they're like, they don't say what illness it is, but she's like, I got sick. And then my husband helped me walk again. And I was like, I wonder what illness it was. All right. And then you're like, we love each other. Buy this jewelry. It's Valentine's Day's right around the corner, folks. If you help somebody walk, buy them some jewelry. We are not sponsored by Jared. Uh, even though we just did a commercial for them here on this podcast. But we are sponsored by the good brand, Homefield Apparel. And folks, they've let me done tell it. You, they've done they have it. done it. The Mad Men have done it. Homefieldapparel.com, the place for the very best collegiate apparel with vintage logos and designs that you won't find anywhere else. And also on the softest, most comfortable shirts, hoodies sweatshirts, sometimes even joggers. It's home field, baby. That's all they do, and they do it really, really well. And we're not just saying this because they pay us money. Because I'll tell you, Saturday morning they released Gonzaga, which if you followed me if you followed me for a while, you know that I am a Gonzaga basketball fan. It's, there's no real connection there. I, yeah, I started watching them during the NCAA tournaments when I was a kid. I liked them a lot. The Adam Morrison teams, even the, some of the, one, the famous ones before then. You know, was pretty pretty uh, pretty excited about their run uh, in March last year. So I'm a Gonzaga fan. That is my team where I can can lock in and be a fan of. And you know, unless they're playing Auburn, which happened last year. So I, I just spent a lot of money uh, at home field on uh, Gonzaga stuff, and I can't wait uh, to uh, to for it to get here. But more importantly, to the people who are listening to this podcast who aren't Gonzaga fans, which is probably all of you. Oh, we might There's have probably some Morrison yeah, lovers yeah. out there, and yeah, I've got a yeah, buddy yeah. who lives in that that vicinity. Uh, he flies planes. Very cool fellow. Very nice. Very sweet boy. Homefield dropped on Friday the T-shirt 
the hottest T-shirt of the year Kanye West for Auburn in. basketball. Look, listen. They dropped, when Auburn went number one on Monday, they dropped the Ever to Conquer basketball tee, right? Orange, jumping tiger design. It's really, really cool. Real real Beard Eves vibes on this on this, uh, on this this T-shirt. It's a really cool one. Oh, man, it looks great. Looks great. Late 90s, and, a real nostalgic time for many. And it's like, wow, you know, the good brand continuing to give Auburn fans designs in the middle. I mean, we've already had good, big, big new Saturday, their initial launch. They've, they've done a refresh for Auburn and they keep adding stuff. Then on Friday, they dropped a peacock shirt, the peacock shirt. It is a nice blue, like a, like a, like a mix between like a light blue and a Royal blue. I have a t-shirt from home field that uses this color. It is very, very comfortable. Um, that particular shirt is. Um, it's got a peacock dribbling the ball between his legs with a headband on. I mean, he's he's looking like he's looking like a like a Dylan Cardwell or a, or a Devin Cambridge. It says Auburn hoops, no fear. It's an incredible design. Once again, shout out to our buddy Ryan Starrett and the folks over at Orange and True for help popularizing the peacock movement. Shout out to the folks at Auburn that have been uh, that have embraced it and Homefield for jumping on it. Uh, you can get a peacock shirt. Lots of lots of people are. They're jumping on the peacock shirt. I'll tell you another thing. Saturday, for the game, you got your game day host Pat Kime back in the building. What was Pat Kime wearing? He was wearing home field because he's a smart man and he knows how to be stylish and comfortable. He was wearing Vince Carter Sailor Aubby. Put your arm through the through the goal. You know Auburn look. It's a great great design. There's a lot of really good designs at home field. Including the Peacock shirt, including the brand new uh, orange uh, throwback Auburn basketball shirt, the Ever to Conquer shirt, um, you can get all of them. Be the most comfortable and stylish Auburn basketball fan you can be. Home field apparel. If this is your first order to home field, type in the promo code Observer and you will get fifteen percent off. Uh, they also do free shipping on orders over a hundred dollars. Something that I learned uh, <laughs> this weekend, uh, which which came in handy for me. So, homefieldapparel.com, we appreciate Connor and the gang, not only for um, supporting our podcast and, and, and our newsletter, but also uh, providing you guys in the inner circle and those of you who are Auburn fans listening to this with the best, uh, the best gear that you can get for uh, this basketball season. So, check that out. Painter, I want to talk real quick before we move to the Alabama game on, on Tuesday. I want to talk real quick about the Sonny Smith banner. How cool of a moment that was. Charles Barkley in the building um, celebrating uh, his former head coach's success. Really cool moment. Um, he was on the mic and uh, <laughs> it seemed like they were going to go. He was going to go a little long. And uh, I think uh, he said at one point, he's like, I'm an old man. I got all day. Uh, he, man loves to talk. Uh, but a really cool, really cool to see Auburn, you know, all the success they've had this year. And go back and honor some of their greats. They did it with Joe Champy, uh, with the women's team earlier, uh, you know, last week. Um, just, I mean, just a really cool moment to kind of see, you know, the heyday of Auburn basketball and have more people come back in, the excitement level being so high. To see Bruce Pearl and the team, you know, how much they enjoy having Coach Smith around. Uh, and I said it, I said it when I was on the drive on, on Friday here in town, but, um, you know, I, I know Sonny Smith more as 
being the color commentator for Auburn basketball radio, you know, than he was as a coach. It's just not, you know, not my era. Um, but I think anybody who listens to Auburn radio broadcast or watches the highlights after the games, there's not a more entertaining uh, guy, I think, in radio broadcasting than Sonny Smith. And also, you will learn a lot by listening to him. You will learn a lot by listening to his analysis. And it's just like as soon as it happens, man, he is, you know, calling out sets and, and you know, breaking down, you know, trends and, and, and things and just kind of inside basketball stuff. Uh, it's really, really cool. Um, so uh, he's been a great ambassador for Auburn basketball. Um, he's just a delightful person to be around um, if, you're, if you ever get close to this program like those of us who cover it are. So uh, just wanted to say shout out to Sonny Smith. Really cool moment. Uh, honoring, his, you know, honoring his wife too and his, his family for all of that, talking about how much Auburn meant, for, meant to him. Pretty, pretty cool thing. Um, and so it was, it was awesome to see, you know, Auburn kind of give that moment and then, and then go out and have a, have a really good game after it. When he would come into the studio, he, on he some still, different I shows. He, I think he calls in on the drive every week now. Right. So like, yeah, they get him constantly. And, you know, Coach Dye would have him because, of course, they were in that same era. And he was always – there were some folks that were interesting to listen to off mic especially. Okay. And that same, obviously, like part of that was just, I guess, the charisma – and sort of the old man vibe that he puts off that's so charming. Good for Auburn and uh, very cool for him. Congratulations to Coach Sonny Smith. And uh, really cool to see Charles Barkley uh, back in attendance. Big weekend for Auburn. I, I, I tweeted it uh, uh, on Friday night, but, you know, continued on Saturday. Think about the week Auburn, you know, seven, eight days that Auburn Arena just had. Big win over Kentucky to get to number one. Women's basketball team upsets Tennessee and and one of the biggest wins for the program in a long time. Gymnastics takes Alabama to like a really decisive win uh, over Alabama gymnastics. There haven't been very many of those all time. And then uh, you know cruising to a win against Oklahoma to maintain that number one ranking and 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 set the table for what is coming on Tuesday night in Auburn Arena. Painter, I have to ask you this. Because you said Auburn was going to dog walk Alabama, um, especially right after they lost to Georgia. Alabama's coming off a big win over Baylor. Are you changing your tune for this game on February 1st, uh, Tuesday night? Alabama can be a very good team, as evidenced by the things we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Auburn's going to win by double digits. Okay. I'm putting he's my putting that, He's putting that it. flag down. <laughs> I do think that there is a better, uh, a decent chance that they play a third time this season. I, I would like to see that. I would like to see that just because I like the way Alabama plays. I like just like watching it on TV or watching it in person. They play a fun brand of basketball. Auburn does as well. So I think these are the kind of teams that, they're really fun to fun to watch. I think Kentucky's in that same boat this year. But uh, you know, looking at Alabama, uh, their win over Baylor, beat them by nine, uh, was in control for most of that game. A little like, um, once again, Alabama didn't really shoot particularly well from from deep, seven to twenty one. But they could not miss on the inside. They shot seventy eight percent from inside the line against Baylor. Um, they had five guys in double figures. 
they had some turnovers, but it's just they played they played great defense on the interior, and uh, yeah, Baylor didn't have much of an answer. So it's it's coming back to that again. It's going to be another test where kind of like today against Oklahoma. This is a team that if they get going on the inside, they can be very very troublesome. Um, Alabama's going to put up a lot of threes. They're not necessarily going to hit a lot of them this year. They're not quite as efficient unless it is Jaden Shackelford doing it, although uh, it looked like on Saturday Quinterly was the guy to hit to hit for them. But they're athletic. They're going to get to the basket. They're going to challenge Auburn on the inside. And Auburn's coming off of these stretches where they've done well with their interior defense. They definitely did it against, uh, against Missouri earlier in the week. So – I'll be interested to see how Bama shoots away from home. Um, and then also, Panter, you know uh, as well as I do, one of the big factors in that first me- meeting between Auburn and Alabama was the fact that Bama got to the free throw line a lot, uh, especially to kind of keep them around in, in that first half. Auburn's improved much- there, plus we'll have Walker Kessler hopefully not getting two awesome yep. fouls in three minutes. The fact that this game's at home should help Auburn. Has you know there were some there were some tight whistles on on Saturday against Oklahoma, but Auburn definitely against Kentucky. Um, you know, won the whistle battle so to speak. So this is a it's a matchup where the way Auburn's playing right now and the way Alabama's been playing, like Alabama, its turnovers is has been an issue for them. It was, it was what killed them against Georgia earlier in the week. Um you got to stand strong on defense, but also it's one of those things where they're going to put up enough threes that you don't want to give them a lot of open ones. You don't want to give them very many open ones because they're going to hit them. They have guys who can't hit them. Um, I just wonder if a change in venue is going to change the flow of this game because it was even first 10 minutes, Auburn won the second 10 minutes by five, won the third 10 minutes by one, and then Bama made that big run and Auburn closed the door. How much does the flow change that it is in Auburn Arena on a late night on Tuesday night? I, uh, I, I'm i curious to see, but I do know the way Alabama's played this season um, and just the, the, <laughs> the way they've been, um, they are going to give Auburn their best possible game because they play up to their competition better than anybody in the country, and they play down to their competition as well. And Auburn's the best you can get. This is a team that's already beaten Gonzaga. They've already beaten Baylor. They've already beaten Houston. They're capable of beating anybody in the country. But winning at Auburn Arena in a game with stakes like this, that's a completely different story. I don't want to belabor the point because we discussed it already, but Alabama seemingly had a coming-to-Jesus moment at some point in like the non-conference, end-of-non-conference play last season. And this year it seems like maybe they had one after that Georgia loss. And – we talked about continuing to monitor their progression through conference play because I think we understand that they have some clear deficiencies but mm. are, on the whole, a very capable team with lots of really good athletes and a good coach. I like Auburn's chances simply because it's an Auburn arena. They don't lose at home. I think that they Auburn one of Auburn's strengths is a deficiency for Alabama in the interior with Auburn's front court. Nonetheless, I expect some competitive moments, but Auburn by double digits. Kempbaum has Auburn projected to win by eight in this game um, at home. Seems about right. I'll be interested to see what that that betting line will look like, especially with Bama coming off the win over Baylor. Auburn made Um, me some money today. 
What'd you get him on? Nine and a half, baby. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. And like nine and a half was pretty comfortable for most of the game. And there, you probably got a little nervy there towards the middle. Felt pretty good about it. Felt pretty good about it most of the way. There was that moment where it got down to like, I don't know, was it four, three, seven? Three, yeah. Also, big opportunity for Auburn. This, is, this could be a, uh, should be a quad one game. Um, so, another chance to get one of the best wins on your resume because Alabama will probably be high enough up in net, um, especially after the Baylor win, that uh, this will be one of the most I, – I would think this one – Man, Arkansas is playing really well right now. Um, away from home, Tennessee away from home. Like, it's only a few more chances to get those really, really big resume. You know, Auburn doesn't need a resume builder, but they can have a resume enhancer for sure. Um, this is going to be one of those matchups on on, on Tuesday night. Uh, I, yeah, I'm with you though, Painter. I just think the inside game. That's where Alabama's winning right now. When they play well, they're 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 winning on the inside. I don't see. They're going to give Auburn a test, but I don't see – like, Baylor gave up nearly 75% on the inside. Auburn's got one of the best two-point defenses in the country. Got one, They've got the best rim protector in the country. They can create turnovers. They can create havoc. Um, and they just got to get – they just got to stay out of foul trouble. And I'm just hoping for the sake of me wanting to watch a really good um, basketball game and cover a really good basketball game, I am – Hoping, hoping, hoping that this is not a whistle-heavy game, especially at 8 o'clock on a Tuesday night. Like, this needs to be a free-flowing game. A lot of good athletes, some good shooters. You know, Alabama doesn't do a great job of defending the interior, but on the flip side, they've got one of the best offenses in the country. I want to see that offense work. I don't want to see the refs. Or, or like, conversely, like, I want to see us play good defense, but I don't <laughs> just want to have the refs having people get three fouls and – you know, a matter of 90 seconds. I will say, though, Auburn fans, especially those of you who are of the posting variety online, if Auburn wins on Tuesday night, they got Georgia right after that. Can you – I mean, th- there's a stretch here where they could go two weeks where they beat Georgia and Kentucky and Alabama and Georgia again, and the gymnastics team beat Alabama and home. Women's basketball got a big win. I mean, Twitter's going to have to start worrying about, you know, putting up a backup server uh, just to keep track of all the uh, – make sure all the Auburn content can keep flowing because Auburn fans, you are you are on a different level right now as a, as a, as a posting community, and, and for good reason. Like, you know, this is kind of a you-can't-tell-me-nothing kind of moment right now for Auburn Athletics and their fans online. And would like to continue to see LSU and Alabama drop games. We love – Will Wade, but it wouldn't hurt my feelings if LSU was not a top four team when we get to the conference tournament. Same for Alabama. There's potential that the eight nine game could get kind of gnarly for for Auburn if they get, they get the one seed. But I mean, if you get the one seed, you win the SEC tournament. I mean, you win the SEC regular season title. That's a banner, as we've talked about. That's the that's the ultimate goal. And then let the chips fall where they may in, in the postseason, right? Yeah, I'm just um, thinking about those buys, you know, in the conference tournament. They're about to hit the halfway point. The halfway point will be Tuesday night against Alabama, and they could be, you know, they're 8-0 right now. Only one other team in Auburn basketball history has had a better start to an SEC schedule, and it was the one team back in the day that never lost, really, until the very, very end of their season. So pretty incredible stuff going on right now for, for Auburn Auburn uh, fans, 
especially Auburn basketball fans. And I don't know, I'm just getting a, I'm getting a particular kick because you know it, it, it pops up into my mentions all the time because you post something that hey Auburn's doing a good thing in sports and you know it happened a few times with the gymnastics thing on Friday night. It's like <laughs> these people kind of these Alabama fans and stuff like what about football? There was an Oklahoma fan I think pointed out the football record for Auburn and it's like people got to learn how people got to learn how to how to how to lose a little bit better than this like, yeah when it's football season go off if it's a football conversation speak your truth oh yeah you're yeah you have a wrong have a conversation buddy not the same coaches not the same players not the same We're environments not the on same a hard sports. floor beautiful grass <laughs> you know i mean just totally different things happening here I will say this though, I think Auburn football should look into trying to play inside Auburn Arena. That the building's on a on a hot streak right now. And uh, maybe the Arena League could be could be very helpful for Auburn football if they wanna they wanna switch to that. Not saying that, you know, they should give up on hundred yard outdoor football forever, but Auburn Arena's got some magic in it right now. And uh, I think Auburn football could use some of it. Brian Harson chucking the old Chick fil A biscuits. You a big Chick-fil-A biscuit person? Of course. Who is not? Oh, man. Top tier. Do you ever feel like if you go to Chick-fil-A, like it's almost aggressive how nice they are at 7 a.m.? Yeah. You feel yeah. for them because it's like, good Lord, I'm not awake. I know that nope. this must just be something for you to be battling through this. Some some bright-eyed college kid just oh. being like, just being like, great day to be alive. I'm, I'm surprised I even drove here. Have you visited the Chick-fil-A on Magnolia since it opened back up? the new the the new uh the new monstrosity yeah it's uh it's an experience the drive through through a parking garage to get your food is 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 a trip but uh i'm uh i'm brand loyal to the one in tiger town um, i guess that my, makes more that's sense. my spot that that's my spot but uh yeah the the one on the one on uh the one on magnolia is doing work um i do know also with the amount of events in auburn arena recently uh the one that they put in the village is probably rolling in it right now your pretzel was looking good hey had to teach jordan hill by the way he 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 went to the gymnastics meet and got a pretzel but it wasn't a cinnamon sugar one and it's like come on man no 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 no, no. we can yeah, live he, with a good salt boy he he cinnamon sugar is the way to go all especially right, there. all right well you know what i don't want to fight yeah you're right not in front of the kids not in front of the kids all right with that let us uh, wrap this up. Uh, AuburnObserver.com. If you haven't signed up and, and you're not part of the inner circle, continue to get more and more of you uh, by the day. Appreciate you guys uh, becoming members and and uh, reading what we've got going on there and listening to our, our podcast. Remember, if you want to listen to our podcast about Bruce Pearl's extension, um, you got to be you got to be a member of the inner circle. Sign up and uh, you'll have access to it. Uh, the bonus podcast that we do once a week and sometimes any other ones that we may do like the like the pearl one uh you can get that at the observer along with film room mailbag postgame analysis stories um a lot of breakdowns about this auburn basketball team and uh, keeping an eye on on all the events for auburn football here in the off season i think we will be back on thursday it's a tuesday night game but it's a late game i'm covering for ap on wednesday night or on tuesday on tuesday night I'm going to be well behind anyway. So we'll probably talk to you guys on Thursday. Painter, your final thoughts. Big fan of players dapping up fans. Uh.